Good morning. Welcome to your daily pick me up. My name is Marty J. I'm so thankful that you've tuned us in here in on Anchor FM. And what a great day it is going to be. I have decided to drive with Bruno today a little bit. So I am now parked. We're hanging out. Bruno just had a little bit of a hissy fit when he saw another dog. He doesn't tend to like bigger dogs. So I'm trying to motivate him into it, as you can imagine. So now that we're all calm and we're chilled and we're getting ready to take him for a short walk, because of the rain, immense amounts of rain here in central Massachusetts, what I would love to do is introduce our program today. Got an amazing program. Obviously, at these times, there are hard things that go on. There are, there are a lot, there's lots of division in our country, for one, but also naturally, there's some hurricane stuff, right? Uh, Hurricane Irma is getting bigger and coming the way of Florida. On top of that, Hurricane Harvey came into Texas and did some destructive damage. Today is all about that, honoring heroes and specifically honoring the heroes of Hurricane Harvey. So many of the things you are going to hear today are focused on the awesomeness of those people who have stepped up and have said, I will risk, I will sacrifice, I will motivate myself to move forward and to help others and to love others, okay? So join me on this path today. It's going to happen all throughout the day. Keep checking out your daily pick-me-up. Peace. Unstop flooded more than 10 feet in areas in mere hours. An example of the disaster and its fury. It is a colossal rescue effort. Thousands stranded, taken by boat and helicopter. Water so high, boats are going over top of cars. Saved using anything that floats. Their faces tell the story of anguish, anxiety, and fear. The water was up to here. I walked out, and, and I was just, like, screaming. I seen somebody, We they tried to put us on air mattresses, and it didn't work. They had to put the babies on air mattresses. People were carrying babies on their shoulders. With emergency responders overwhelmed, Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner is asking people to call 911 only if their life is in danger, as he defended his decision not to issue a mandatory evacuation order. But I want to thank those thousands, thousands, in fact, millions of Houstonians who heeded the advice and did not get on the road. The city has now opened its convention center for evacuees as rescue teams plead for the public's help. Those of you who have boats and high-water vehicles that can be used in neighborhoods to help move people out of harm's way. We need your help. And Houstonians have responded in mass. You know, if they need my help, I'm going to do what I can. Back in southeast Houston, Frank Pena woke up surrounded oh by God. water. Other beds, everything, furniture. All gone. All gone. Everything's gone. He moved into this apartment just three days ago. His neighbor upstairs took him and three other families in. Are you going to stay until the water goes away? Might. Probably now if they come get us. We need help. A whole bunch of families displaced. Has lost everything. 
The Morales family lost nearly everything, including their stove and much of their food. You can't eat your food. This bayou is usually nearly empty. Within a matter of hours, it's 30 feet overflowing into these apartments. And all these people are trapped. While scrambling to save her mom from floodwaters in a nearby city, Samantha caught on a flooded interstate herself, climbing to safety. My mom, she said that, like, there's water going in there. It's like three inches deep. America's fourth largest city fighting to survive a still unfolding calamity. You spent most of your life in this city. Explain what you're seeing through your eyes with that personal connection. It's my hometown. It's hard to see, especially here, the pain and the suffering. It rains and storms here often, but never quite like this. But I'm encouraged watching Houstonians help each other come together, and I'm confident that no matter what comes next, they'll do just that. Lester. Yeah, and I, I got a chance to see some of that, Jacob, a bit earlier. We'll show that later in the broadcast. Thank you for your reporting. Hey, NBC News fans. Hey, what's going on, Anchor World? This is Marty J, your daily pick-me-up. I hope you're, hope you're having a great day. It's cloudy here in central Massachusetts, but still enjoying it. We're talking about heroes, okay? And here's the deal, specifically in Houston. Here's a larger picture question as we get into this show. What do you do when confronted with the opportunity to do something? When confronted with the opportunity to do something for good, what do you do? When it's outside of your schedule, when it's outside of your norm, I mean, so many of us, when confronted with that opportunity, we do nothing. We stay still. We just stay in our normal routine. We don't want anything to bother us. And so we can't leap to the place where we become heroes because we do nothing. Now, the title hero is just that. It's just a title. But... Those called heroes are essentially people who step out of the normal everyday life. And when confronted with the opportunity to do something good, something for someone else, they do it. They take the step. I hope today's program can be a catalyst to you to do something in your world, something in your job, something in your neighborhood, something at your school, to do something for someone else that bucks the normal social order.
is something that you can't fake. Greatness is not this uh, wonderful, esoteric, elusive, uh, God-like feature that only the special among us are, will ever taste. You know, it's something that truly exists in all of us. It's very simple. This is what I believe, and I'm willing to die for it. Period. It's that simple. I know who I am, and I know what I believe. I know who I am, I know who, what that's I believe. That's all I need to know. And that's all I need to know. So from there, you do what you need to do. You know? And I think what happens is we make the situation more complex than it has to because be. Because we're looking for complexity. It's got to be Absolutely. something complex to understand. It right? can't be that easy. No. I study the patterns of the universe. There's a, a reductive power that making a choice has, you know, rather than feeling like you're at effect to all the things that are happening. Make a choice, right? You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. Just decide. And then from that point, the universe is going to get out your way. It's like it's water. It wants, to, it wants to move and go around and stuff, you know. You know, there's a, there's a flow of the universe that I've, I've grown to know just how to go with it. I'm motivated by fear. Fear. You know. Um, fear of what? Fear of fear. I hate being scared to do something. I started attacking things that I was scared of. It was Franklin Roosevelt said, the only fear you have is fear is fear itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've seen Katrina, but Katrina didn't touch this. So you can't find your family. You have no home to go back to. What have you been doing? Uh, I've been camping out. Uh, trying to get cell service, uh, trying to figure out what I'm gonna do. Just lost everything I worked for, uh, everything. I am my dad. I there's no telling where my dad's at. Um, I'm here in Rockport waiting on you. Okay, Dad, I, I'm gonna jump on the bus. I'll be there. Are you okay? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump. I'll jump on one. According to the Federal Emergency Management Agency, more than 450,000 people are likely to seek federal aid in recovering from Harvey, with an estimated 30,000 people seeking emergency shelter. In many ways, Houston looks like an inland sea dotted by islands, with water covering not only roads and vehicles, but entire buildings and bridges. Houston is a city in crisis, and now a city of islands. The floodwaters isolating sections like you see behind me. The death toll is currently at 10, and as the search and rescues continue, this figure will climb, considering that by most measures, Harvey is the worst flooding event in U.S. history. It goes without saying that first responders have shown themselves to be truly fearless and relentless in their attempts to save those in harm's way. 
says 120 emergency personnel from New York City are being sent to Texas to help in the aftermath. Dozens of firefighters and police officers specially trained for disasters like this packed their bags for Texas this morning. Colorado Task Force 1. For now, 45 people. In that group are eight from Colorado Springs Fire and one from Pueblo Fire. We have deployed our, all our police officers and essential personnel on 12-hour shifts. But something curious about all of this is that out of the hundreds upon hundreds of people in boats and trucks who were out helping others, many of them were simply neighbors who chose to help just because. Yes, sir. What, 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 uh, what are you going to do? I'll go try to save the flag. Yeah. Social media was filled with posts of encouragement and positivity, with many even opening up their homes to those who were underwater. There is no doubt that Texas and Louisiana have taken a serious hit, and we know that the future will forever be changed in the minds of millions of our citizens. Those who have lost loved ones, those who have yet to be reunited with their families, will need our help as we navigate this chaos together. And I'm under no illusions about the multiple broken hearts and grief that lie ahead of us. But even though that is so, it is impossible to ignore all of the good that has come from Hurricane Harvey. I dare you to even try to ignore it. Your daily pick-me-up. Thanks so much for joining us, the heroes of Hurricane Harvey. I hope this has been so motivational for you so far. But we got plenty more to go. Uh, in the biblical story that Jesus tells in Luke 10 and a few other places, he tells this story. A group of people are trying to trick him or whatever, and they come up to him and they say, Jesus, what's the most important commandment? You know, because they were all black and white. They were all like, this is the way it has to be. Uh, so what's the most important? And so he goes back to the Old Testament and he says, well, most important commandment is in the book of Deuteronomy, in the Torah, where it says... Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But then he says, he goes on and says, listen, the second is just like it. It's just as important. And he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And they got, they were like, okay, well, who was our neighbor? And so Jesus goes into this story. We know it as the story of the good, parable of the good Samaritan. But what he says is there's this man. You can kind of infer that it was a Jewish man. And he's walking and he comes across, or he comes across a group of robbers 
who beat him up and leave him for dead. And a few minutes later, a while later, a priest walks by and essentially ignores them. The priest is busy. The priest has something to do. I got to get to my synagogue, whatever. The priest gets to the place and ignores the man. Then a Levite goes by, a, a, a helper at the, at the synagogue, a helper at the temple, and sees the man lying there, beaten up, and ignores him. Lastly, though, a Samaritan comes by. Now, the interesting thing, if you don't know anything about this story or, or, or biblical history, the interesting thing about this story is that Samaritans and Jews despised one another. They were very racist towards one another. So essentially says, Jesus says, this Jewish man comes to the Samaritan man, sees this Jewish man beaten. Could ignore him. And he says, listen. And he gets down and he picks up the Jewish man, puts him on his donkey, and takes care of him. This is what the Good Samaritan is all about. This is what the hero is all about. Stepping outside of your normal routine to do something for someone series a more perfect union we highlight examples of people coming together to show that what unites us is far greater than what divides us in texas countless people have demonstrated extraordinary acts of humanity to help flood victims david begno introduces us to a furniture store owner who opened his doors to hundreds of evacuees david is in the flooded community of humble just outside houston good morning Margaret, good morning. A story that'll make you smile. We all need a smile, right? You mentioned this guy's name, and everybody here in Houston says, oh, yeah, Mattress Mac. Guy's got a 160,000-foot showroom. Huge. And at the start of the storm, he was rescuing people. The only difference with his rescuing, he had a place to take them to. I'm part capitalist and part social worker, and this is what I like to do. Everything going all right? Yes, sir. You need anything? No, sir. Jim Mackingvale, a.k.a. Mattress Mac, has made a name for himself selling furniture. But it's his legacy of giving that's going to leave a permanent impression. I'm worried about these people. I'm worried about the business. I'm worried about the community. Sunday, he posted via social media that two of his gallery furniture stores would be open. Not for business, but to provide shelter and food for people in need. Valencia Grace and her son Jalen are now among the hundreds of people who've taken up shelter in one of Mac's stores. It's good to be here away from the flood because it would've got, it would, when it started raining, it would've got all the way right here. The water um, started to come in the house and it was coming in so fast, we had a matter of time to get out the house. Grace and her son got in one of the trucks that Mac deployed to rescue people from the rising flood water. He's also providing food breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the evacuees. We thank Mr. Mack for opening up his doors to us because we didn't know where our next meal was going to come from or, or clothes on our back. Mack estimates it costs thirty dollars or $40,000 to keep his stores up and running through the crisis. We can afford that, and what we can't afford is to cause these people to lose hope. we got to give them hope. 
This is what my parents would have done. His record of community service would make his family proud. Every Christmas, his business has provided furniture to families in need. He also donates his furniture to make over teachers' lounges in area schools. It's a long way from New Orleans and not just in miles. Even providing refuge isn't new to Mac. In 2005, he housed 200 of the Hurricane Katrina evacuees in his store. Several of the Katrina victims, like Jerry Burke, even landed a job there. Need anything? You good? 05 Katrina blew me in. Um, lost everything. Didn't know where I was going to go, what to do. And I came here and talked to Mac, and he sent me to HR, and the rest was history. He furnished my apartment, gave me everything that I needed to survive, plus a job. Totally life-changing for me and my family. Some of Harvey's evacuees, like Roberta Lee, are paying it forward, helping out in the store. Whatever he needed me to do, I was there. So now I'm like just answering the phones, directing people, you know, that come in that need help. Even though the upcoming Labor Day weekend is an important one for the furniture business, Max says he's not going to kick anyone out. We're going to keep these folks here as long as they need to be here. They may be here three days. They may be here seven. Who knows? We're here to help, and that's what we do. That's who we are. For him to open his door and say, if you're affected by the flood, come in. And I mean, you had people wet. You had people dirty. Who does that? Do you have to see it to believe it? It's real. I mean, he has a heart of gold. Just look around. The man is an angel. Nobody asked him to do this. The city didn't call him and ask him if he could open his doors. Mattress Mac said, I want to. And that's what thousands of other people have done. Brought their boats, brought their vehicles, and their good hearts, and made people smile. Gail, you know what else made people smile? Yesterday at about 6 o'clock, people were pulling over on the side of the road to take a picture of the sun, something we hadn't seen here in about three days. Oh, boy, David, what a great story. Listen, if you live in... Houston, it makes you think, I want to go to Gallery Furniture, buy some furniture, and help some people out. <laughs> go, Mattress Mac. That's awesome. Thank you, David. More perfect union indeed. Talk to you, man. I noticed that you just came in on that boat, right? Yes, sir. What's it like? And is, is your home back there? No, I live in uh, Stafford. Gotcha. What brought you here? Just helping out Americans? Gotcha. Describe what you've seen back there. It's, it's flooded. It's flooded. There's a lot of families in there, a lot of pre pregnant women. And, uh, there's just a lot of people who don't speak English, too. From what I've noticed, uh, it, it is really a private operation. People have noticed the need, like yourself, and come out. Describe it. Uh, it's it's our, our duty as Americans, period. And if, uh, you know, you got friends in the military, or this is what military people do, just without question. But you got Americans do the same thing. It don't matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, Muslim, Christian, gay, fat, skinny. It doesn't matter. You just have to do it. That seems to be the story that I've seen in this storm. People coming out, helping out their neighbors. Yes, sir. That's it. I mean, you got a lot of you got a lot of people out here that need help, and uh, they're nervous. They they got dia diabetics, people with high high blood pressure, people pregnant, people that just need help. And you got you got to do it. You you either make a choice and, and, and laugh about it, or you do do something about it, or you can complain. And we just chose to do something. So. That's it, I mean, 
You're awesome. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. Hey, thanks for what you're doing. We appreciate it. Now, I'm guessing you're going back in there. Well, I was going to tell you that they didn't want to try to move up a little bit. So they get it out of the way. No, no, it, it's fine. You got to rush. But uh, they're going to they gonna get this truck out of here. Absolutely. But no, you're good, man. You know, you got to you gotta uh, put the, the, uh, the news out there. You're kind. Well, we're going to move out of the way because we don't want to slow up progress. Oh, yeah, definitely. Thank you very much. And y'all be safe back there. All right, bro. Thank Certainly. You. Thank you. Uh, again, we're going to move out of the way because they have a couple of uh, trailers. In fact, I'm going to help Alan if you want to take it off the tripod or however you want to do it. It's awesome, man. It's healthy folks. That's a good thing. I live right there. He just comes by and asks if you need help. You bet. If anybody needs anything, I help them the best I can. I live right there, and the last time we flooded like this, I went and bought this John boat, and I'm like, if it ever happens again, I'm going to have a boat here. I want everybody to be safe and be able to get out of the neighborhood and stuff, you know. And then it
Tell me exactly what the people of Houston need most right now. So the biggest thing that we're doing right now is, A, we're obviously raising the money, but then, B, uh, the thing that we've heard the most people need is just water. They need drinking water. They need water to clean. They need water to uh, bathe. So we're getting water. Uh, we're filling semi-trucks up with many different things, water, clothing, generators, cleaning supplies. Uh, we're trying to take it all directly to the people. We have over 75,000 people who have donated. I just want them to know that their money is going directly back to the people and that Houston is going to benefit the most from this. Wow. You're an amazing guy. It's going to be really tough to root against you if, I, if, uh, if, if, if we're playing you in a game. I'm going to have to root for you just because you're such a great guy. Yeah, don't worry. I'll take it on easy on Drew Brees if we play him. Please. Don't worry about that. Please. But uh, this season is going to be extremely important. You know, this is so much bigger than football. This story is so much bigger than football. But if we can go out there for three hours every Sunday, play as hard as we possibly can and put a smile on our fans' faces, and we're going to do it. What you're doing is incredible. We want to help. Walmart is on track to donate over $20 million in cash and supplies to Hurricane Harvey Relief. But that is not all. Walmart is also donating $1 million to JJ's relief effort right now. I, I, I have no words. I, I literally, this is, uh, thank you. Thank you to you. Thank you to Walmart. This is, I promise you that I will make this money go a long way. I promise you that I will help these victims directly. I promise it will help rebuild Houston. You're incredible. JJ, you're, you're incredible as well. Now, when I was 15 years old, I had a very important person in my life come to me and say, who's your hero? And I said, I don't know, i got to think about that. Give me a couple of weeks. I come back two weeks later, this person comes up and says, who's your hero? I said, I thought about it. You know who it is? I said, it's me in 10 years. So I turned 25, 10 years later. That same person comes to me and goes, so are you a hero? And I was like, not even close. No, no, no. She said, why? I said, because my hero is me at 35. So you see, every day, every week, every month, and every year of my life, my hero's always 10 years away. I'm never going to be my hero. I'm not going to attain that. I know I'm not. And that's just fine with me because that keeps me with somebody to keep on chasing. So to any of us, whatever those things are, whatever it is we look up to, whatever it is we look forward to, and whoever it is we're chasing, to that I say amen. To that I say all right, all right, all right. To that I say just keep living, huh? Your daily pick-me-up, Marty J here. Yeah, I hope you're having an awesome day. I am motivated to be a hero. But here's the thing. Don't stop playing the part of a hero. And here's what I mean. I don't mean like make sure you're front and center, make sure people say your name or chant your name. I mean based on the definition that we've talked about today. Someone who steps out of the ordinary steps out of their social norm, steps out of the normal order of things to go and help someone in need. Play the part of the hero and don't stop. Step outside of yourself. Man, don't be so ordinary. Be extraordinary. That's what this is all about. That's what people did in biblical times. That's what the Bible is full of stories like that. That's what people have done in tragedies in the centuries, in the millennia since. 
And that's what people are doing in Houston. And when we play the part of the hero, we essentially bring people together in unity by saying, that person, that's who we want to be like. For years, I've wanted to be just like my dad. He's an amazing guy. Many people call him, and when they call him, he steps outside of his social norms, and he goes and he helps. Whether it's to sit and talk to them, give them encouragement, or whether it's doing something specifically practical that they need help with. And he's my hero. I love it. If you were my hero today, if you were an example of someone who steps out of the normal, who steps out of the ordinary, and become extraordinary, you could be a hero. I hope you have an amazing day. Marty J, tomorrow we'll be back with your daily pick-me-up. Welcome to the planet Welcome to existence Everyone's here Everyone's here Everybody's watching you now Everybody